Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And uh, so it's good to have you here, Ziggy. Oh, it's, it's good to be here. It's, um, it's Trinity Sunday. It is. And we should talk about the Holy Trinity. Now, by the way, I should also mention that uh, Tom is not here. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been waiting for so long to get his frosted tips. Yeah. You know, he's got incredible hair. He does. Uh, and so any time that he can take away, really, actually, it's a solemnity. It is. You know, when we talk about his hair, it's, you know, it's a holy day of obligation. For those who aren't aware of Frosted Tips, it was a haircut made possible, made popular back in the Back to Street Boys sync days. It's where you spike the hair and then you bleach just the ends. You know, he's going to look fantastic. I cannot hardly, I can wait. I probably can wait. <laughs> I probably just soon not see that. But all that aside, we wish him well. I uh, hope the hair turns out good, and welcome him back when he comes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but for now, we find ourselves um, celebrating the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm not really sure. we got a 30-minute program here. Yeah, I mean, how in the world can we fill our time discussing the, the Trinity? I mean, what, what, three persons, one God. What's the mystery, folks? Yeah, what, what do people not get? <laughs> I, I just, you know, why for 2,000 years have we, like, thought about this so uh, deeply, um, and and why do we even call it a mystery? I mean, just to me, it's plainly obvious. Absolutely. So we're going to have now <clears throat> 27 minutes of silence in honor of those who don't get the... Mi- no, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, on, and all the people are going to run to the... You know, their little... <clears throat> the engineers are going to run to their booths and go like, they're off the air. Something's wrong. They're, they're off the air. It's like, no, we're not off the air. Uh, just kidding. Um, so the, this... First of all, you know, the, the the mystery of the Trinity is one of those things that I don't think people really even get what mystery means. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just the the idea, the concept of mystery and why, if you think about it, there's actually a lot of different things uh, within our Catholic faith will we'll refer to the mystery. You know, it's funny, uh, someone else who's a part of the EWTN family uh, and was recently a guest in our show, Damon Owens. Yeah. We heard him giving a talk at the Men's Morning of Spirituality in Memphis, and uh, he talked about the concept of mystery. Right. And he said, mystery doesn't mean that uh, something is completely inaccessible. It means you get something new out of it every time you visit it. So there's a lot of about that that, that a lot of people don't realize it's, it's a great gift to us, the gift of mystery. Um, you know, when I talk about mystery, I learned one time when I was listening to a, um, a priest teach a class about uh, mystery. Uh, and it was neat to find out that it, it came from this, uh, it comes to us from the Greek mysterion. And in, in, in its root, it talks about, mysterion actually talks about like, uh, um, you know, uh, s- sort of uh, religious practices or places um, that where all is not known uh, but will be revealed. Right? So the, the, the re- revelation of God. Mm. So if you think about it for a second, you know, why we use that word mystery, sometimes we'll think of it like it's a mystery. You know, referring to, yes, what supposedly every nun has always said to some child who had a question that she couldn't answer. Well, Johnny, that's a mystery, you know, and uh, <laughs> and and the reality is it doesn't mean something that you will never know. Right. That's important to understand or that you can't know. It's really about revelation uh, and it's about this sort of like endless 
source of revelation and and even um, new, like what you say, you learn something every time. You get deeper and deeper and deeper into the mystery. The more you know, but you don't get to grasp it all in our humanity. And I I think this idea of mystery, I mean, it comes to light when I see it. um, A priest once compared it for me to, uh, he's like, well, you know, what is your favorite page of a mystery novel? Mm. Yeah, it's the last one. Mm-hmm. It's that last page where everything is revealed. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily mean something that you'll never know. It's why mis- we love mystery novels. It's also why when I was a younger man, I would tear the last couple of pages out of mystery novels in the library. That's a bad thing, and don't ever do that. You'll, you'll upset a lot of people because they, they, they can't read their mystery and know the answer to it. That's a really <laughs> cruel, cruel thing to do, and I, I'm, I'm, it's a public confession now that I make. Well, it, it comes to mind is, you know, when we pass this mortal coil and enter into heaven in the fullness of God's presence and glory and majesty, there's never going to be a point in all of eternity where uh, God gets boring, right? He's always going to be new and he's, there's always going to be new depths to explore with God. And that's never going to change. That's going to be the case for all eternity. Well, because he is the definition of mystery. That is, it it can, Continual revelation, mm-hmm. and and that's the and that's the thing that especially when we're looking at something like the Trinity, you know, we can use really neat little um, conventions like uh, uh, Saint Patrick and the 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 shamrock, you know, the mm-hmm. three leaf uh, clover, and say, um, well, this is how we see the Trinity: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three leaves, one leaf. <laughs> Whatever. I he didn't say that. <laughs> You know, I lost my job as the bumper sticker writer, you know, and Hallmark won't hire me for cards either, so I'm not really gifted in that way. But but this idea that you can have three and one, and people have tried to use different little mnemonics and different little ways of teaching that that trinity, uh, but just to say, you know, three... Um, three persons and one nature, not three natures, and that's important to understand. It's not three gods. Right. Right, but a god of three... Persons, the writings of um, Pope Saint John Paul the Great mm-hmm. really helped open this up to me, especially specifically actually in his theology of the body writings, when he compared the uh, the Trinitarian love experienced by a uh, married couple uh, to the Trinitar- tr- the Trinity itself, and uh, that a, a married couple is to be a communion of persons, right, and that God is love, and that. Uh, part of the thing that reveals the fact that God is love is that he is in himself a communion of persons and that love is a communion of persons. And I think that uh, that speaks volumes about uh, why we have a trinity in the first place. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And to, to, I, love, I do love that um, uh, and how he expressed that and helps us to, to know more about not only the trinity, but it helps us to know more about marriage. Mm-hmm. Right? When I, when I prepare couples for marriage, and we'll talk uh, you know about this one flesh relationship. You become one flesh, mm-hmm. and yet you maintain your individual identity. Mm. You know, so you start to look at the married couple and go, "Well, the two become one." But wait a second, I'm looking at them. They're still two. You know, and it's like he doesn't start wearing her shoes. You know, and 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 she doesn't become him and start doing his job. There, there are still um, and mutually exclusive personalities complement complementary 
um, that 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 together make the one. Mm-hmm. You know, essential uh, to the the oneness of the flesh, the oneness of that relationship. You know, but at the same time, there is you know you don't lose your personal identity, and that's one of the things I love about teaching about marriage because people will think that I've got to have um, you know my time. This is mine. This is I need my bank account. I need mm-hmm. my vacation time. This is my job. I earn this money, right? And that's the first thing I tell the guys is whatever you earn. By the way, you just hand it over. Just <laughs> give it, give it over. But the reality is, it becomes the the property of the one flesh mm-hmm. right and so the decisions the major decisions that get made in a marriage are being made by the one flesh not by the individual and individually we can inform the the decision we can we can we can talk through it and we can discuss it may even be a slight difference of opinion but ultimately at the end of the day what benefits the one flesh Right is 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 where that needs to go, and and this in this this idea of Trinity and understanding that, you know, I like when I explain the Trinity. I like to say, uh, and you know, everyone turn your heresy meter off because sometimes as humans, <laughs> when we try to describe yes. the indescribable, we're going to get in trouble. Sure. But what I do like to sort of think about the Trinity and say it's it's nice that I can essentially access the one God mm-hmm. through th- sometimes three different touch points or three different aspects when when i need um when i need like something big i need a i need a mountain moved i need cancer cured i need a new job i need something huge you, know, you run to the father mm-hmm. right so you have access to god the father and and there are things that attributes to god the father that 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 are uh, desperately needed in this world right mm. and then in in when you need someone to walk with you someone who understands what it means to be to be human someone who who uh, feels pain mm-hmm. and, and and you know when you have uh you know loss or you have someone that you, you you're arguing with you you know whatever it is and you need sort of like someone who's in tune perfectly with the human experience mm. well you have access to god the son Mm-hmm. Right, who, in, who was made incarnate, right? Took on flesh. God took on flesh, and so there's that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when when you need uh, when you need inspiration, when you when you need something that's going, you need consolation. You need someone who who essentially can blanket you, mm-hmm. right, with wisdom and and guidance. And you know, then you can have that that touch point, that experience of God, the Holy Spirit. And again, you know, I don't want St. Thomas Aquinas to come out of his grave, you know, and point at me and go, heretic, you know, I don't want that to happen. But the reality is, it helps me to understand that God, um, in in the mystery of the Trinity, becomes infinitely more uh, applicable to every aspect of my life, just because of that mystery. Well, building also on what you were saying related to the married couple, imagine... You have a, a, a happily married, holy marriage, and that's you, my marriage. You, let's take your marriage. We, if we pull out just you for a second and look at attributes that you bring to the marriage, where, where you, where the lived attributes of Christ are present within you and how you interact with your wife and your children. We could do that, but it wouldn't give the complete picture, right? Or we could pull out Bess, and we could get the lived attributes of Christ from her, for example, it still wouldn't give the complete picture. And the fact of the matter is there's the thing that's special is that there's about the Trinity. Well, there's so much special about the Trinity, but one thing is that there's an inner life to love that love is simultaneously a giving, a yearning and a union, right? And that you and Bess and 
communion with God. It's not just one piece, but it's also how all of you are involved with one another and participating in the fullness of that communi- communion with one another. And it's that communion that gives the total picture. Amen. And you see that communion. And what's neat about that communion is it's animated. Mm, yes. right? It is not like a sculpture. Like, look, God made me and Bess into, a, you know, a one flesh sculpture that you can go down to the museum and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would not be, a lot of people wouldn't want to go see that. But the point is, you know, we're not like this done deal, and there we are, that in life in the Trinity, we continue to be animated, to, to have life, and there continues to be even mystery. And that's one of the beautiful things that a lot of people don't understand. Even Tom's hair grows. Yeah. <laughs> that is a mystery unto itself. Uh, and you don't touch that ministry. It's kind of like the burning bush. Right. You will be all consumed and you will explode if you get too close to his hair. But, uh, you know, the, the reality is um, that as, as husband and wife, we continue uh, from, from the day that we met, and I think that we fell in love, from that point, we didn't just stop once we got married, mm. right? Like I said, it's not a sculpture. That even in our, we've been married almost, well, 31 years, over 31 years now. And so even in those 31 years, as as I look at her today and as I experience her today, mm. right, and as our marriage looks today, would be represented today, it has, it has changed, it has matured, it has grown, it's animated, it's alive, it's a living entity, you know, essentially animated by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus Christ, and by uh, God the Father in the Trinity, and you, and you realize that we're not the same that we were, but we're not different, mm. right? We're just, and, and so there's a mystery in our relationship that continues. Like, I don't understand why she doesn't know which kinds of Pop-Tarts I like the best. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the, this was not the time to You don't that. like the pomegranate Pop-Tarts that didn't go over well? <laughs> no, they should be frosted. <laughs> Only the frosted Pop-Tarts. And don't, please don't write in letters about how you like the ones that aren't frosted. You know, and I do have out of nine kids, I've got some weird ones. I got one that doesn't like the frosted pop tarts, and so I'm still working on uh, Noah to help mm. him out because he likes the unfrosted strawberry. If anyone wants to offer up a rosary for Noah and his pop tart <laughs> preferences, I'd be greatly appreciated. <laughs> so we have more to talk about. Imagine that we're finding things to talk about in the mystery of the Trinity, uh, and so I think we're going to focus next on invitation when we come back. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, uh, like us on Facebook and uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us. Uh, share our post. Comment on it. it. It makes a difference. It makes a huge difference to me, especially. It just ratifies my existence. I just love that when I, <laughs> someone someone likes me. Uh, that aside, uh, also, I'd love to send, hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winforth's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, 
but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the god of St. Boniface, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true god. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. Sitting here with uh, Ziggy Rodriguez, and we are talking uh, with Sans Tom. Oh, yes. Now, we do mostly miss his hair, but we miss Tom, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's kind of like attached. You know, Tom is attached to his hair. Absolutely, In yes. more ways than one, I guess, as we look at that. Um, and that being said, uh, we, we uh, wish him a speedy uh, <clears throat> return mm-hmm. to the corner booth here at the Catholic Cafe. We are talking about... The solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. It's just, I guess, you know, a lot of people look at the at the Trinity and especially Trinity Sunday, and we can we know that there'll be certain songs sung at the liturgy at the Mass, you know, and we know that the priest will get up and most of the priests or the deacons will preach about mystery, you know, uh, and a lot of times it just kind of in one ear and out the other, but it really is a deep and profound thing. And so discussing the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity, I think, is important for us to do. Uh, and we've talked a lot about what mystery means, but then also, um, you know, essentially why this mystery of the Trinity is so powerful in our faith. Um, but I, I, I kind of want to focus on mystery, especially as it relates to the Trinity, uh, as invitation. Mm. So it's, it's um, one of the things neat about a mystery novel, right, or a mystery movie, is that you, you are like sitting at the edge of your seat. Right. It, it invites you in. It's not something, it's like, it's not like an unsolvable problem in math, which would cause you to pull your hair out and get angry and get mad 
uh, it's, and and then when you have the answer, you're not really satisfied other than going like, I'll never do that again. Right. You know, but it's more like something that draws you in. It draws you in and it, uh, it I mean, essentially it, it invites you deeper and you realize that the deeper you get, it, the deeper it gets and you never can seem to find the... Um, you know uh, the the bottom of the ocean. You know, I, I think about um, you know divine um, mercy, mm. right? And and that that fathomless ocean of mercy of God. I mean, mm. that in and of itself is is a mystery and that a mysterious aspect of God. But this idea of there there's there's no end in sight to to. Uh, his revelation and, and his his uh, his gift to us, his life, his love, his mercy, the very essence of who God is, and and then there's this idea that it will never be fully received in this life. Mm-hmm. In other words, there really isn't going to be some guy that can sit on top of some big pile of rocks and say, "I have received the entire mystery." Mm-hmm. So come to me, and I will let you know. And if you ever meet that guy. Don't give him any money because you're getting scammed. Right. Because ultimately, at, at, at the end of the day, there's no end to God's mystery, right? There's no, you're not going to find that. But you are drawn in. Like, it's, um, uh, it's this idea of, it's, it's not like a passive relationship. You can't go by, you can't drive by the Trinity and go, hmm, another Trinity, you know. You just you 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 were drawn. You want to you want to stop the car. I mean, imagine. I mean, how many times have you been past something? Uh, you know, there's this old thing that we're we're all uh, the traffic slows down when it goes by an accident. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly out of concern and, and safety for the first responders and the people in the accident. But there's a part of us that's like, oh, I wonder what happened. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to know more about that. You know, even and we're not necessarily morbid. Like we we want to see blood and guts, or or but we we want to know what happened mm-hmm. when someone tells you about someone, a sick friend is like, oh, what do they have? What what's going on? How did that happen? We we want we want to know more. We desire to know more. Um, and 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 certainly, you know, you remember the uh, was it the National Enquirer who their slogan was "Inquiring Minds Want to Know." <laughs> you know, uh, and now the the Trinity is not like. Uh, uh, you know, a tabloid, um, you know, news production, but but there is this. It it it, it does light this fire in us, this desire mm. to know more. You know, for me, the first time I ever had a trinitarian experience or an experience of trinitarian love, um, it, it came at me in sort of a surprising way. I was given a penance after a confession where uh, the priest really wanted me to uh, sit down and discern whether or not I was uh, on the right path where mm. God was calling me to be. That's a hard one, by the way. I know. You well, know it's like him saying, like, the next ten people you see, give $100 to. It's right. Like, oh, my, that's a hard one. <laughs> well, Father needs something easier. <laughs> well, what he did was he gave me a prayer. He gave me a specific prayer, and he wanted me to sit next to the tabernacle. And in the presence of, of the Lord of the tabernacle, he, he wanted me to say, uh, Father... Thy will be done. Please make your will known to me. And I had this profound experience, and it, it really actually, I remember it carried over because I kept making that a central piece of my prayer life, even at, at home. Father, thy will be done. Please make thy will known to me. And what God ended up helping me to see was Christ within me 
was lifting up that prayer by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit was forming Christ within me and turning uh, me and his heart towards Abba. And as I was engaging in that prayer, what I started to realize was how could I possibly glorify our Heavenly Father with the glory that and love that he deserves unless I give my heart to Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, let God form the heart of Jesus within me and then permit him to step into my brokenness and glorify our Heavenly Father with his heart, allowing me to participate in that. And so then all of a sudden, by the power of the Holy Spirit, experiencing Christ being formed within me, glorifying our Father, our Heavenly Father. And that was the first experience of Trinitarian love, of really being there in that middle of the Trinity. And it became a focal point. It's something that I would seek out in my prayer life always. And it also began to transform my understandings of relationships with others and seeking that sort of Trinitarian union with others where I might experience Christ being formed within me and loving God within the other Person. Wow, that's a, that is <laughs> that's extremely profound. I, after the show, you're going to tell me which priest that was because I'm not going to confession to him because that's <laughs> so deep. <laughs> that that actually is quite beautiful. I mean, because literally, you know, the I don't know if I'd rather have that as my penance or the three Hail Marys. I usually get. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I will say that that um, that that all of us, you know, living a faith life, will have that experience in different ways and at different times where we realize. The, the 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 grandeur the profundity the the uh, the 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 very nature of God that cannot be quantified mm-hmm. right that we can't put into a box right and when we have that experience we're essentially in the mystery of the Trinity mm-hmm. we're, we're we're living in that ministry and so so this is our opportunity uh, this is our opportunity folks uh, it's your opportunity as you uh, as you're contemplating the, the the mysteries you're at mass like we will all go to mass on sunday and it'll be the solemnity of the most holy trinity i just i implore you i i i maybe even beg you to to engage in the mystery of the trinity to actually put yourself into the mystery mm. right just to, to 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 glory in the fact that you don't know right to be moved and to literally allow god to transform you and change you that I think will be a powerful, powerful experience for you, and not just another humdrum Sunday that so often we will encounter. Encounter the mystery of the Trinity, uh, you know, and essentially what that means is you need to seek God, mm-hmm. right? And when you find God, you find there's even more God than you ever even knew before, and the, and the more you seek, the more you find, the more you seek, the more you find, and it's infinite, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.